0: Hello and welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm
1: Monty. Hello.
0: Hello again, everyone. It's another week, another country. It is. Another
1: cherry. Another cherry to add to our growing pile of ripening cherries. (laughs) Which one are we looking at this week, Matt? Today we are in Croatia. Croatia. Yes, we are indeed. We're having a look at the Croatian national final. Uh, The Dora, in fact. The Dora is uh, the name of the Croatian uh, selection show and that's a show which has been used for many many years to select uh, the Croatian entry for Eurovision. Although we've had a break from the Dora. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the first time there had been a Dora since 2011. We'd had a bit of a break. Uh, Croatia themselves had actually had a bit of a break for a couple of years, and then they they came back, and we've had internally selected songs. Um, but then they opened it up again to a national final, which means that we have a cherry at our disposal. So did so did Dora go exploring now <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Oh, that's lame. <laughs> um. Yeah.
0: So. The, the Dora,
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, before I go completely Dora myself, um, we the Dora was held on the 16th of February this year, and uh, it was won by Rocco blazovic uh, with his song The Dream that went to Eurovision and uh, didn't qualify from the semi-finals. So, all that fuss, and they didn't get through to the final. But Rocco's song was written by some people that we know. Eurovision, yeah, Jacques Rudec Jacques Rudec was the main writer, yes. So, uh, tell us about Jacques.
0: I'd rather not <laughs> actually. Uh, let's just say, not my favorite person. No, no, why is
1: that? Mm, can we, be, be, shall I, we skip over that? Yeah, because I think I don't want to get like done like, like saying anything like this. Uh,
0: I took Google Controversy over Jacques Coudec, and I think you're find what we're talking about. Yes, yes. But, yeah.
1: but, for all the controversy there is also the the, <laughs> the joy that he's brought to us at Eurovision twice now. Um, the ridiculousness that he's brought to Eurovision. I mean, yeah. you know, to, to sing a duet with yourself in half a costume on one side and half a costume on the other, turning towards the camera where you sing each bit, one bit in a regular pop voice, the other bit in an operatic voice. Yeah. And not quite getting all of the cues on time. That was it was something special at Eurovision. I mean, that will be remembered. It
0: will. He 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 was actually he's actually a very good singer. He's actually a yes, very very yes. good singer. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, Let's not let his views uh, cloud. No, exactly. You know, that's
0: a, you know he gave us something to remember on stage. He certainly did. We're dead. talking about it even now, so good for him.
1: Yes, oh, uh, you give us something to remember this year as well with Rocco, with his uh, his angel wings and his uh, scantily clad dancers. <laughs>
0: it was a bit odd, wasn't it, it sports, says, yes. wings, yeah.
1: I have to say I was a bit surprised they won the Dora to be honest it wasn't it wouldn't have been my pick no but people seemed to to like it
0: yeah I, I, maybe it was the type of song that spoke to people in Croatia yeah. rather than across Europe but uh, I don't think they did send the right song we'll, you know, we'll come on to that later
1: indeed now it had not just Jack Kudek uh, writing it but somebody else um, who helped to write it, presumably the lyrics, because uh, that's what he's known as. And it's Charlie Mason. Uh, so Charlie Mason, if you've not heard of him, uh, you'll certainly have heard of his work, because he's had five uh, songs at Eurovision, including the winning song by Conchita. Conchita. Yes, he wrote the lyrics to Rise Like a Phoenix. Um, and he's uh, this was his fifth Eurovision song, for his fifth different country. He was also behind labor Femina by Nina Zilli for Italy Uh, in 2012, Uh, Beauty Never Lies by the lovely Bayana Staminov for Serbia in 2015, Um, he also had another song in 2015, the Slovenian song Here For You by Mariah, Mm -hmm. and uh, absolutely, I thought that could have won actually, I thought it had real potential when I heard it in its national final, and The Dream by Rocco, he he helped write that, so... uh, uh, Becoming a bit of a Eurovision stalwart is Charlie Mason. Um, And of course, we'll always have a place in the history books as the the writer of the winner. So he was behind the Croatian song that went to Eurovision this year. Um, But of course, as ever, we are interested in the songs that didn't make it. And we're going to come to them in a moment. So I want to just reflect a little bit on Croatia's history before we get there. I don't know about you, Matt, but I think Croatia had showed a lot of promise in their early entries. Do you remember back that far? I mean, I know you're only 19. Yeah, (laughs) because I'm only 19.
0: um, No, I don't... Yeah, it's not a country that resonates with me. I I don't have much of a a history of knowing and liking and listening to Croatian songs,
1: actually. No?
0: No, it's a country that passes me by a little bit.
1: So you've only come in in their latter not-so-good years, really.
0: I would say yes thinking about the songs
1: <laughs> which we're looking at at least yeah I'm just looking things. down as
0: we're talking to you people um looking down the list yeah yeah I've missed out properly in the fandom yeah yeah
1: I mean I don't think they've been great as of, of late I think when I say they show promise, I'm, I'm going really back to towards the start of their participation. Not the first couple, but they had um, uh, a song in 1995 called Nostalgia, um, which did very well. It came sixth and um, it sort of heralded in a few years of um, quite interesting songs on the whole for um, Croatia. So in 1996, we had Maya Blagdan with Sveta Lubav. Uh, and she came fourth um, in the contest that year that was held in Oslo. Was it in Oslo that year? Yes, it was. And it just... I i, I mean, I absolutely loved that song. And we, we felt that it was... you know Croatia were kind of knocking on the door. They were quite in their infancy at Eurovision. But it felt as though they were knocking on the door. And it felt like they were one of those countries that a win felt inevitable mm. for them. And um, we, we get that a lot. We get countries where
0: who... We talk about them as if they're on the cusp of doing very well, yes. winning Eurovision.
1: Bulgaria's the most recent, I think, when they came back with a refreshed um, approach.
0: Yeah, and they yeah. went guns blazing trying to win. Didn't Absolutely.
1: They? And they, they came very close, very a fourth close. And, a, and a second. Other songs that were around that time, in 1998, when the contest was held in Birmingham, it was opened by um, Daniela singing Ne Camine And she was in a black cloak and she sort of threw it off and there was a, a, a white dress revealed underneath. But it was such a strong song. Um, again, it kind of just had that feeling of like, Croatia are onto something here with this style of song. And they, they did one better the following year as well with... Um, uh, Maria Magdalena, the song by Doris Dragovich. This best one, known, yes. The best name of the contest ever, it's got to be. Yeah,
0: and actually this is a song that I do know and I love, actually. This is the contest with the weird, like, wheel background, wasn't it? Yes, like, the last like time a... it was held in
1: Israel, before Israel. this year mm. as well. Um, I really like Doris Dragovich, and it was the thrill for me when she came... To represent Croatia because I remembered her representing Yugoslavia in 1986 uh, when she sang Giela um, Moya which is one of my favorite songs it did terribly at Eurovision but it's just a beautiful beautiful song so when she came back with such a big up-tempo bold number uh, like Maria Magdalena I was really really pleased to see her there and that's the year she got some of her she, she didn't lose her points but she in terms of the calculation for how, whether they qualified again for the next year, she was marked down because she had some what were deemed to be pre recorded backing vocals on oh, the track yeah. um, in the chorus. So they were kind of sort of synthesized, but she, uh, she did um, fall foul of that. So, but really, that was, that was it. It kind of went a bit pear shaped for Croatia from then, really. Um, and um, it's. They Although not awful. Not, I mean, well, not all I mean, there's, there's, there's the odd gem. I mean, if you've got like a song like um, Severina's "Moja Stikla," which is an absolute classic. I mean, it brings the house down in a Euroclub or, or a Eurodisco mm-hmm. That huge ethnic number um, that just gets everybody like stamping their feet and yelling on the dance floor. <laughs> um, but I think you know, good songs have been few and far between for Croatia, and they've waited since two thousand to get into the top ten again yeah so they they had a rum a rum rush of luck really um 2010 11 12 13 they failed to qualify four years in a row so they just kind of went we've had enough we we're pulling out for a couple of years and they they sat two years out and then they came back again in 2016 with lighthouse um, and this did qualify it was really it was a very interesting presentation I think, did she win the Barbara Dex Award that she year? She did win it. Yes. Um, so, I thought it was quite good, though. Oh, I she loved kind of looked, She
0: looked like a windmill. Yes. Like, <laughs> kind of like the lighthousey type building. I don't know. <laughs> but she, uh, she was, the song was actually okay. I actually quite liked that song.
1: Yeah, I liked it. And then, of course, Jack uh, did get into the final and finished 13th. Last year uh, it was an internal selection again for Croatia. And uh, it was a, a singer called Franka, Franka Batovic. And um, I wanted to reflect on her because we've had her before in Second Cherry. She was our Second Cherry entrant for Croatia in 2009 and um, with a song called za Mazakrai And I just loved that song at the time. Um, have a look on uh, YouTube, you should be able to find it. Um, it's a great little song. So it was really nice for me to see her coming back.
0: So what does that mean, though? Because looking back at... Previous second cherries. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of people, isn't there, who who have featured before. But like, there is this
1: re- recurring theme of second cherry. There is. Yeah, it's kind of like we find the talent before Eurovision. Does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's a. I think if you follow the national finals like we do avidly, of course, um, there's this pattern of songs, not or artists not getting through and then coming back with a, a a second song, and that's the song that gets them to Eurovision. But obviously, before we know that that's going to happen in the future, we've had some of them at um, Second Cherry. So we've had some of the artists that have gone on to great things at Eurovision uh, in Second Cherry first. So Franca was one of those. I guess the biggest well, the biggest two names that we've had were Conchita, mm-hmm. we had her, um, son, that's what I am. Um, we also had Lorene the year before she won Eurovision. I mean, she were the, you know two of the biggest yeah. winners. Of recent years, and we had their um, their also runs as their as second cherries in um 2011 and 2012. We also had the grannies, the oh, Russian, Russian grannies, Russian the Borodovsky Babushki, <laughs> uh, singing, I think, a better song than they yeah. did. I think it, it was called, <laughs> uh, which means the thin, thin thread of the, the birch tree and how to make a headscarf from it.
0: Which is good advice. <laughs> Absolutely. What would you make that <laughs> headscarf out of otherwise?
1: <laughs> um, but it, for me that felt it was more, um, it had more integrity to the style of those women as a group of singers than the song that they eventually went on to uh, come second with. Well, they didn't, they weren't baking bread on stage to start with. Well, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we've also had some other big names, Herobjok, as we mentioned. In last week's episode. Um, She won Second Cherry with her song Someday. And um, we've also had somebody who returned to Eurovision this year, Sergei Lazarev. We had him way back in 2008. Wow. Yeah, with a song called Flyer. And you know, that year, Sergei Lazarev performed that song at Birmingham Pride. Really? Yes. Yeah, He was there at an LGBT event in the UK in 2008 singing the song that we selected for him as his second cherry. Blimey. Um, Yeah, so another couple of names, uh, Eleni Ferreira, we had in 2010, Yeah. singing a very odd song called Noah's Ark. If you can, uh, actually you should um, Google that. You should do, yes. Because
0: it's, you can just see how it's Eleni as we know her, but just not quite as polished and she looks a bit you know she just doesn't look as great as she does now and you know you just think yeah you can see the, how far she's gone absolutely really so
1: she's kind of sort of doing a little bit of hair herography yeah she's it, got a twitch yeah she hasn't gone full but on but the camera hero- hasn't fit in the in the, um, in the national final performance the camera doesn't quite find her enough mm. she's there on stage she's just kind of doing her thing but um, yeah but Eleni Ferreira one of the, the the biggest stars of Eurovision in the past couple of years we had her first we had her eight years before she was at, um, at uh, Eurovision and of course it, it felt there was a time when no second cherry would be complete without at least one Faniello of Malta yeah. so we had Claudia. so about, many Faniellos. Yeah, we had her about four times uh, uh, in um, in second cherry before she eventually went to Eurovision with, with a big pile of um rubbish i thought yeah no i
0: felt really sad for her actually because you try and get to eurovision and you finally get there
1: and you're not really bringing the best song that you have absolutely and talking of the best songs let's turn our attention to well what we're here for this week to have a look at the croatian songs and see which one of these we're going to pick as our cherry (laughs)
0: Okay, so let's jump straight in. Let's have a look at our first pick here, which is uh, Tower of Babylon by Lorena. Fly, 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 fly oh, the Tower of Babylon. So, Monty, uh catchy
1: number, what do you what are your thoughts? Well it is catchy. This was I think this felt like it was the favourite going in.
0: Mm.
1: Or certainly within fan circles what they were talking about. It felt like this was going to this was the one to, to look out for. Very typical Eurovision fodder, um, slightly more typical second cherry doesn't get through the national final fodder, <laughs> um, but it's the kind of thing that a lot of fans really really uh, enjoy um, quite ethnic sounding quite quite purposeful yeah. uh, a song quite, she's, she's kind of strutting around State the stage the and actually there's some quite nice things going on with the backdrop and with the floor here there was the in terms of the production value the dora had some Quite nice elements um, this year. Certainly some visual effects that were more interesting than most of the songs, I would have to yes. say.
0: Yes. We, we, we had a bit of a hard time selecting some of these songs, I think. We did. Uh, but I think the, the ones that we picked out are, are pretty good, but mm. yeah, there was a lot of stuff we had to wade through. Yeah,
1: we're picking four songs out to highlight for you, and there are 12 others, and um, it's a chore. Going through some of those, I have to say. I'm <laughs> Let's not be sure, honest. I'm not sure the wait for the drawer was worth it, but it's still, we'll see what they bring next year. Um, so, Tower of Babylon, yes, that was uh, the first one. The second one that we want to pick out, really just because it added something different, it added a bit of diversity, and it was a, a, a swing number um, from uh, three women called the Gelato Sisters, the Ice Cream Sisters. Thank We need to go back to the swing We need to dance and let it be our thing
0: Whatever happens in our lives we need to sing Just leave your phone, let it ring Take your smile, it's all you need to bring And for the moment we can make the road go back
1: To the swing so there's that swing sound. Does Swing do it for you, Pat? Uh, you no, know,
0: I, I applaud them. The yeah. Thing, yeah? I like this whole harking back to yesteryear mm-hmm. and having a song that can and will be different at Eurovision. No mm-hmm. one else is gonna have a swing song unless you're incredibly unlucky or unlucky. Um, but the song isn't really as catchy as you imagine. You know. That's, again, I'm gonna bring up Electro Velvet from the UK mm-hmm. again that oh, was a catchy yeah. song it wasn't, it wasn't really swing but it was it was that sort of ilk
1: The electro swing yeah yeah.
0: and I think when I was watching this the Gelato Sisters I did think this this isn't really doing it for me in the same way that Electro Velvet did um, and even that is a. a no.
1: did, did electro velvet did it for it you? did well
0: in a way in a way but um, so yeah I just felt like yeah this isn't gonna this isn't gonna work this isn't going to work at Eurovision. I don't think when, so when you look at these kind of three women swing vocalists, normally their harmonies are really tight and it's Mm -hmm. kind of this really slick, polished, they're very well polished um, performances, but their harmonies weren't tight here. I don't think they were, seemed like three individual singers put together I might be wrong there but they weren't
1: tight for me yeah so. there were no Andrews sisters were there no. I mean everybody likes a boobie boobie <laughs> bugle boy from company B but it wasn't quite that um, I did quite like the fact that they offered something um, very different in there I think there's that swing sound for me there's also that. I don't know if you know the Pupini sisters they're kind of like a swing trio but they do um, sort of a slightly ironic or modern twist on some Songs or they do a swing version of a, a pop song. They did um, a swing version of Wuthering Heights, um, um. which was um, quite interesting. Um, but there's um,
0: also. Um Um, postmodern jukebox they're they're really good I've seen them in concert it's it's like a guy exactly what you said rewrites modern songs in swing Mm -hmm. and sort of classic jazz yeah Yeah. I don't don't know that yeah with my finger on the pulse of (laughs) popular music we should check that out it's really I mean I went to their concert it's incredible they did um, a version of All About the Bass oh okay yeah
1: very, very good so, the next song that we want to pick out for you, um, this actually came very, very close to being our cherry. Um, this is, uh, it, it's a, I love this. Uh, it's sung by uh, Lydia Bacic and it's called Tecchia <laughs> so Matt that was an experience
0: yeah so this is an audio podcast so I would urge you to go and have a look at the visual um, they're not hiding behind anything they're very much being they're being clear on what they're selling <laughs>
1: there's not very much for them to hide behind
0: costume wise. yeah
1: oh, I don't know
0: what to say about this it's fun. Some countries, you wouldn't get away of doing that on stage, I don't think, in a family. I don't know. The, the, the one... Describe what's happening on stage. So, you have uh, Lydia, who is dressed in very little. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, by the way. I don't think dressed in little necessarily equates, you know, sexually promiscuous. But... but uh, <laughs> There, there is no, they're selling that. They're selling sex. That's what they're doing. So she's there. She has backing dancers who are, again, dressed in quite BDSM type attire. And on their face, they have like strapping on their face. Now, my question to you, we talked about this, Monty, I said to you. There was a lot of kickback with Hatari from Iceland this year and their queer aesthetic. Uh, even though the guys are not gay, but they the, the queer aesthetic, so they had that BDSM look on stage. And a lot of people felt it wasn't right for children to see that, and this is exactly the same. It's just a change of sexuality for me. It's it's a visual which is BDSM. I yeah. I, I my question is if you have a problem with that, why don't you have a problem with this? But yeah, I it's it's not my favourite. It's not my favorite song. No,
1: I I really like the song. I thought the pop song yeah behind this was great. But you're absolutely right. It's a very sexualized performance. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, no moral values on that. I have I have no problem with that at all. Um but I think the, the double standards are sometimes there. For me this was more overtly sexual yeah. than Hatori's performance um which I thought was more high art um than this. I mean there's nothing there's there's nothing artistic about this really it's um, it's cheap as chips but I like cheap I mean don't get me wrong I think this is great I think um, the way that they present it, it is engaging but it is a very uh, sexualized performance and then there's some cheap pyros come in as well some you know some quite limp bangers yeah and, um, and that there's final some... shot as well it's yes. just
0: her and they're up showing their bombs basically yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. and the, there's the man whistling as well oh yeah god yes. I totally forgot yeah, about the, that the chap that sat on the steps at the side Whistling yeah. all the way through it. Whistled the way through yeah. it? Yeah. Not wolf whistling, just, just whistling. He kept the melody going. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, have a check on, on YouTube. It yeah. is a, it's a really, really good um, little pop song, actually. Great three minutes. Very typical of the kind of thing that we've um, brought into Second Cherry over the years. Um, and uh, so it was, a, it was a close call um, with this. But what have we gone for? What is our cherry for Croatia? Well, let's
0: find out. Yes, yeah, so our cherry pick for Croatia is Brutalero by Luka Nizetic. Have I said that right?
1: Um, you said it probably as best as you can. Right. Okay. So, yes,
0: Brutalero. Have a little listen to this now. So very Spanish sounding there yes. for a Croatian entry. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: was it that drew
0: you to this? I like the visual. Yeah. There was a there was a, there was this pop art kind of visual on stage, block colouring. Um, he's dressed head to toe in yellow. Canary yellow. Canary, canary, <laughs> yeah. Very bright canary yeah. yellow. Yeah. I somehow pulls it off. I quite like it. I I couldn't pull off yellow, but. I think he gets down on the floor, there's some floor visuals, Uh, there's a moment where you, I think, halfway through the song. yeah, it's kind of like this cardboard cutout that he stands behind. It Doesn't quite work, I don't think. It's like a Superman, uh, yeah, or a
1: superhero cardboard cutout with a flapping cape.
0: Yeah, didn't quite work, but the yeah, all through this, the, you know, this song is a, it's a, yeah, it is Spanish, isn't it? Yeah, it's got really that kind of
1: sort of Latin vibe to it, mm. but it's also got that kind of sort of Balkan feel, that kind of sort of like slightly turbo folky mm. Balkan feel to it, and I think that's reflected in. The language as well. It's in Croatian and Spanish. Um, I like the pop art as well. There's um, there's uh, there's some a touch of the Roy Lichtenstein mm-hmm. about it. Not that dissimilar to the backdrop that Ireland used actually for um, uh, number twenty two this year. That kind of big, you know, very very colourful, very very eye catching, and I could have seen that working very well on the Eurovision stage given yeah. you had that sort of expansive LED that you could use um, so that's what we've chosen Brutalero we, we we like that and that's our Croatian cherry it is so just uh, all
0: that leaves us really is to say follow us on social media if you don't already yeah. where um, are we on social media Matt? where are we? we are on Twitter yes at We're second cherry us. absolutely Insta we are second underscore cherry And then you can search us on Facebook. I think you can search us on Second Cherry Podcast. Yes. Um, And... Where else can they find us? You can email us. What's the address? (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) At SecondCherry.Vision. That's hello at SecondCherry.Vision. Do email us, actually, because I want to get some... Chit chat going on the podcast. It would be quite good. Yeah, so, um, to hear your comments. Yeah, if
1: you disagree with us, tell us. Yes, if, if you, you yeah. if you fancy yourself as Mrs. Trellis of North Wales, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can send us in a letter. <laughs> you can also uh, listen. You can listen to the podcast on the website, or you can take us with you. Uh, you can uh, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on TuneIn.
0: Actually, we're They pick each other up, really. We, Do we, they? Yeah, we're growing. Like, have we been picked up? Yeah, we're growing like mold without our consent. <laughs> so uh, Google us, you know. That's how it works.
1: Do please uh, let us know what you think of the podcast as well. So leave us a review. Um, that helps uh, other people to find the podcast on all of those various apps, and it you know gives us a bit of feedback. Lets us know if you if you if you love us, or uh, you know if you've got some suggestions for us. now we've opened
0: up a can of worms now (laughs) so yes guys
1: uh, yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you next
0: week when we will be listening and reviewing what national final? Germany Germany yes yeah okay interesting one some really good songs there so absolutely join us next week and see who we pick as our cherry see you later
1: see you bye bye.